Welcome to the Fan Freaks Podcast, the show where we freak out about our favorite movies, comics, games, and any media in between. This is episode 124. I am Adrian, the masterful dude of doodliness, the face that runs the place, the host with the most and the most grandose co's. <laughs> it is I, James, Dr. Rude Ramos, MD, and we are joined by... It is me, George, the Bone King. How's it going, everybody? Hey, hey man. I am so psyched. I Because, like, we just put out the, the dream fighting game one. And I already yeah. had so many more ideas for other Resident Evil characters for fighting. I'm like, dude, why oh, is this not done already? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just saying. Anyway, what kind of episode do we have today, uh, dude? Today is a Freaky Five favorite movie villains. Mm. Keyword villains. villains. Well, for me, it was keyword movie because yeah. it's very difficult. <laughs> also, like, keyword freaky. <laughs> I, I was also, very keyword blessed. five. No, right. I was very blessed for the past two episodes to be game centric. Now I'm in the deep end again. So now I got to actually find things. Also, I mean, uh, all these villains are kind of uh, inspiration for uh, Dr. Rude here. He's in, uh, he's in good company. Yeah, good company. <laughs> God damn it. You just reminded me of one that's going to be an honorable mention. You fuck. Is it me? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, before we start mentioning honorables, let's go into our mentioning of recents. Oh, perfect segue. All right, here we go. So, um, here I'm kind of going to disappoint you because, unfortunately, not much has changed. I'm still playing Yu-Gi-Oh! Link Evolution of the Link Legacy Duelist of Link Time. can I talk to you about that? Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh! So, Zelda crossover. It's weird. <laughs> one day i hope so <laughs> um so there's something interesting going on with that game because apparently i have friends of mine at work that play Yu-Gi-Oh uh -huh. that got that game and apparently there are tournaments going on revolving around that game uh -huh. where actual money's going on like this is getting into competitive level Competitive Yu-Gi-Oh is has been around for a very long time, so it's no surprise to me that the digital version that has the rule sets and isn't like uh, doesn't take forever to set up is going to be you know used in competition. Yeah, and not only that, you mentioned uh, last week that the game allows you to play with tournament rules, right? Exactly, and you can turn them off and on. It's so cool. that's what people Just like me. That whoa. <laughs> Sometimes at the same time. Whoa. <laughs> the dreaded mid-switch. <laughs> the half-chub. So, yeah, like, I, uh, somebody was telling me about that at work, and I'm like, oh, shit, my boy is playing that as well. So, yeah, no, I, I was just saying, like, uh... Are you you're still playing it? Are you playing the the story? I imagine. Well, it's interesting because since I I know the story and I don't care about the other arcs in Yu-Gi-Oh, I'm actively skipping a bunch. And like as I'm going through the characters, I'm like the designs just get worse and worse and yeah. worse. I don't know. It, like it, designs of the monsters or the characters? No, the characters. Okay. You thought the hair was ridiculous in the original no, series? It's, it's... It gets absurd later on. Like yeah. what are they wearing on their head? Now, however, though, there's one fucking bit of credit I have to give props to the character artist of Yu-Gi-Oh! for. It's one of the only fucking animes to actually have different skin colors on characters oh. in animes. Because, like, animes, they're almost all white. They well. never bother with that. So I appreciate the fucking character variation at the goddamn very For least. me, that Watch was Black Bleach. Lagoon. Bleach also. Yeah, Bleach does that too. That's true. I'm just saying, like, it was nice in that terms of the design. The main character of, like, Black Lagoon, mm. like, the two main characters are, like, a tan woman and a black guy. Just nice. Yeah. Cool. 
Um, but really quick, I'm, I've been playing this like during work. Don't tell my boss. Uh, when I'm listening to a recording session or whatever, I just have been getting cards and whatnot. So I've been playing it pretty freaking religiously, and I'm I'm really enjoying it. it. Again, it's called Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist Link Evolution. That's the real name or whatever. Um, so really quick. You said that like uh-huh. three times. It's my signature phrase. Uh, put that on the bingo. That's right. Uh, the month I've been basically building the three decks I use. And it's crazy when you start getting into the later decks and then fighting the first arc with your later deck. Mm. It's like, I summon a time wizard. It's like, I summon three monsters at 3,000 attack on the first turn. Surprise! Yeah, that's what we call power creep. Yeah, so you know, that scaling is fun. Anyway, next game, um, continuing on my playthrough of Dead Rising 3 with Barb. uh, Brawling Barb. You should be done. We are very close to being finished. We're, like, right at the end right now. Just keep getting fucking clothes for those lockers, man. That's the thing. We keep, like, literally this entire last session was mainly getting distracted with combinations and finding our different specializations. I highly recommend people playing this game co-op if you can because it's a lot of fun. Right now, we've basically decided, like, he's going to specialize in melee attacks and mixing food. So that's his thing. I specialize in guns and explosions. Mm-hmm. Um... But I took an extra token in driving, which is like, cool, I'll drive. Wait, I'm not good at it. But hey, I'm specting it. So it's an interesting trade-off there. Good job. I'm loving it a lot. We're thinking about dressing up for the final stream. Problem, problem, though. My character's signature item is a frog jacket, which I do not have, Mm. and a gimp mask, which I would wear mine, but it does not match the one from the game. So. I'm just saying. I'm going to have to figure that out. But unfortunately, that's all I've got for recents. So who's up next? Uh, do you want to go or should I? Sure. So be the meat in this sandwich. Uh, I finally caught up with you guys and I watched Matrix uh, Four. Oh, you hadn't seen it yet? No. Because I was trying to watch it in theaters and I never got around to it, so I decided to finally watch it. So <laughs> that's yeah. gonna be great in the microphone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. What uh, do you think? So it's very interesting. That oh, that's a word for it. It's yeah. it's a Wachowski production. Because I drew a lot of parallels to Jupiter Ascending. (laughs) No shit. But I will say this. It's a bad Matrix movie by far. Yeah, I I think I know where you're going and I think I agree. Uh, Well, but the the, the parallel with Jupiter Ascending has has one difference, key difference. I enjoyed Jupiter Ascending because it was bad. Mm -hmm. You get me? Like I enjoyed it. Because it was a shit show. Meanwhile, with Matrix 4, there were parts I enjoyed in spite of it being bad. I think it's still kind of the same thing where it was planned to be somewhat of a shit show. Oh, no, for sure. So. And, uh, I mean, I, I like the, uh, the the theory that uh, Lana specifically made this movie bad so they wouldn't ask yeah, for a Yeah, I sequel. brought that up before. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I like that theory because, yeah, I could see that, especially get especially given how far up its own ass this movie is. And how the meta is just literal in yeah, the first half. It's, so. it's not just it, literal. It's fucking like they are smushing it in your face. So Absolutely. after watching it and after Bone King and I talked yes. about it, uh, Red Letter Media came out with a review on it, and oh. they and they had some good points on the fact that it's interesting but not interesting enough. Yeah, it's interesting in the uh, in being meta on the the montage of planning the so called game. Sure, 
of Matrix or whatever. And that's just basically Lana taking a shit on modern Hollywood. Yeah. And yes, that's good, but that's not what you want from a Matrix film, I yeah. think. Yeah. That's why I kind of said this was a great, interesting move from a director, but as an audience member, it's not for you. Also, and this is the last point I'm going to bring up about, again, I don't hate that I watched it. I just, I, I, I'm not putting it into the Matrix canon in my mind. Would you, uh, would you also give a rating after you're done? That's difficult, but I'll try. And I'm not going to give any spoilers about this, but and I mentioned this in the in our group chat. Uh, two characters in particular, in particular, in particular, yeah, are miscast. Uh, Jonathan Groff should be playing Neil Patrick Harris's character. Oh, the analyst. Sure, well, I'm not going to mention who. I'm just mentioning actors here. But mm. Jonathan Groff is who should be playing Neil Patrick Harris's character. Someone else should be playing Jonathan Groff's character, and Neil Patrick Harris shouldn't be in the movie at all. But yeah, uh, it just... Neil Patrick Harris was one of my biggest complaints about the and movie. And I love him to I death. I do too. Which is why it sucks. I do too, but that wasn't for him at no, all. No, And Maybe in Matrix the cartoon, but no, not there. Yeah, and yeah. then like, for me, like... I'm a big fan of, like, visual effects and, like, special effects. And, like, understand that, like, when you take a course on the history of of the 3D, like, computer-generated graphics, uh-huh. The Matrix 2 is in that course. Because The Matrix 2 gave us something that we hadn't accomplished before, which is called specular highlighting, which okay. is what makes human skin look real. Before oh, I've heard of then, this, yeah. We, because human skin is transparent. It has a transparency to it. Mm-hmm. It's not just a solid surface that light bounces off of. Right. That's why everything before Matrix 2, human skin looks like plastic. Mm-hmm. Matrix 2, was, and this movie did nothing new in the visual effects What department. are you talking about? Those CG people, like the holograms, they were they were physical holograms. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Yeah. Super cool. Um, so that was disappointing for me also. Like, I expected them to, like, okay, at least take the opportunity to push... The envelope on like visual effects here, and they didn't. Uh, and Would, it's also disappointing that we don't see Trinity kicking ass until like two hours into the movie. Yeah, yeah. Would you give a rating? I know it's probably the weakest of the Matrix films. Oh, it probably? is definitely the no, no. For him, it is I'm the weakest uh. entry in the Matrix canon. Period. Um, it's like a half entry, even. It's more like a commentary movie. Five. That's that's generous in my that, opinion. That's super generous. But all right, I mean that's that's you. Yeah, bro. like a exact five. Again, I don't because anything below five is things that I regret watching. Would you? Well, I don't think I you'd regret watch watching this. I don't regret watching it. I, I found it. I found parts of it interesting, but I don't imagine myself watching it again. My my one positive on Matrix Four, it made me when I rewatched. The first three, it made me appreciate them more. Fair. I really oh, enjoyed watching and them. One again. other thing, uh, and that's that. Like, I know he's older, but man, did the fight suck in this movie? One hundred percent. Well, because they always look. I don't know. I don't want this. He to turn literally in. just spams the block button for the whole movie. It's it's force push. I don't want it to, this to turn into a Matrix special, but right, we may sorry. do one at some point. No, we because it's it's a great movie. It's something that deserves a description like that. But they kept tempting you with it. 
Like they would show yeah. like he's about to do a cool fight scene and then they just cut away from it and do something else. Subvert right, your so expectations. Because that was too much on the Matrix. Mm. Uh, I saw Eternals also. I did too. Uh, I don't get the hate. Like the movie got a lot of hate and it's not the worst MCU movie by far. I mean, hate is a strong word, but I really, really, really don't like. No, I'm kidding. It's a great song. Um, but no, I don't think it sucks either. I thought no. it was very basic. Six, yeah, seven I, out of and 10. it had some. Honestly, it had my favorite speedster effects that I've ever seen. Well, oh. okay, it's different than like Quicksilver's super speed because oh. in Quicksilver's super speed, that's like bullet time. Uh huh. Meanwhile, Makari's super speed is actually her moving fast. You get I, me? But in terms of a scene that's filmed, I gotta say, I still yes, like but the in other terms ones of, more. I'm talking about in terms of the effect of showing the speedster's speed. Mm-hmm. I like the way they did it here. Okay. The physics for her looked good. That's fair. Because it's not like the Flash, where the Flash is just running perfectly upright and then it takes like a ninety degree turn. You get me? Uh huh. Like she's actually like leaning into her turns and like the way she jumps over obstacles. Like it looked good. Like it looked grounded, and I appreciated that. And yeah, and I think everyone acted, like, their acting was great. Yeah, I didn't have a problem with any of them. I uh, liked uh, Angelina Jolie playing, like, a secondary character, but she did a great job at it. The movie commits a trope that I hate. Oh, which one? Can't say. Oh, fuck. It's a spoiler. Okay. But uh, it's a thing that keeps happening in every movie that has this type of character. Interesting. And I'm kind of pissed about that. Okay. Anyway, but anything else? Uh, Yeah. Uh, I, I started watching Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. Peacemaker's a lot of fun. I'm glad John Cena's finally getting, like, this is his time, you know? He's this really come a thing. long way since Fred the movie, I'll tell you what. <laughs> you, oh man. Uh, oh, I know. Oh, I know. But, uh, yeah, if you haven't started watching it, please do. It's fucking great. Mm-hmm. And uh, it surprisingly has a lot to say, which is pretty cool. I, I'm. It, it's interesting how much uh, they can say in such a slapstick silly character concept hmm uh it's also we got to see a character that's been done before in the Arrowverse, and it's being done better here which is fun which is usually the case um try again and usually is better yeah uh book of boba fett i'm watching that one mischievous it's fucking great Mm -hmm. love it i get to watch you know ming na wen once a week it's great (laughs) watching bob f yeah this i just want to bring this up because i do think it's interesting you can tell that he tried uh, Tamuera Morrison, who is the actor that plays Boba Fett, he's the uh-huh. actor that played all the clones and Jango Fett. Uh, he has specifically gotten a lot of his lines transferred over to Ming Na Wen's character because he's trying to make Boba Fett speak as little as possible. Because it's not like he was much of and, a talker. Yeah, and even then, he's saying, "I still talk too much." But I mean, that's what happens when you're the main character of a show. Uh. My biggest complaint with Star Wars is a lot of things just look pretty, and he falls into that category for me. I mean, originally, but that's not the case anymore. Well, obviously not in this, but I'm saying that was my whole deal with him. It's like, he's great. Yeah. Okay, bye. Uh, <laughs> Lost in Space. I've uh, been watching the new season of Lost in Space with Mischievous, and mm. it's also fucking fantastic. Mm. I love it. It's, it's so much fun to watch. And this season of Star Trek Discovery, which right now we're in the mid-season break, has also been incredible. Mm. Like I said, I, I'm glad that they're finally at a point where they don't have to dance around the canon anymore. Mm. Because in the first two seasons, they were in the past, like d- during the OG 
Star Trek. Oh yeah, something about going back with the Klingons and whatever. Well, no, they they were in that time period. Yeah, they okay. were just after the original series, so they were b- between uh, the original series and the Next Generation. Right. So right. they had to dance around that canon of like you know can't mess with. Now they're in a position where they can do whatever the fuck they want. Uh huh. Because nothing they can do can affect the canon anymore. Mm. And I like where they're at and what they're doing. It's really cool. I mean, my boyfriend does too, but I'm scared because, like, look what happened to uh, Janeway. She got relegated to that kid's show. So it's like, you can do whatever you want, I so, guess. I don't know. Keep going. Uh, and then my last thing and the biggest thing, I guess, uh, is I have replayed Five Nights at Freddy's 1 through 5. I'm sorry, really? Yeah. You did Final Night and all that for yeah. all of them. Yeah. All right. Uh, you don't understand how many hours I have like, in these games, though. No, I know how hard it is. I've yes. seen it many times. That's why I'm kind of like, Jesus, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, but again, I these are games that I can almost play on autopilot. Um, but, because I, I, I'm prepared, because I haven't played Security Breach yet, and that's what I really want to play. Which is apparently a lot easier than those. Well, yeah, it's so. also a very different game, right, too. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> it's really cool to see, like, this it's literally like, you know, because the first Five Nights at Freddy's game was a guy who was a manager to Dollar General who made this game by himself. And now it's this awesome multimedia, you know, pop culture well, powerhouse. you know how it started, right? What do you mean? Well, because he was originally, well, he still does, I guess. He made, like, Christian games. And one oh, of them yeah. was, like, this beaver cutting yeah. game. And um, James Stephanie Sterling actually did a whole review on it and said that they looked like creepy animatronics. Yeah. And that led into this idea where he was like, fuck it, I could be creepy. And yeah. then he just ran with it. And that's why uh, we are here. Scott Cawthorn is the creator's name. Who, by the way, what? Okay, I don't want to piss off all the FNAF people out there. Uh-huh. And apparently it's switch hands already. Like, he doesn't actually run it anymore. He does. Okay, I don't know. I read something different. But, like, he's apparently... Be- lot like JK? Apparently is the thing I'm hearing. I don't. I have not heard Turfy that. Turfy in some way. I have not heard that. Kind of tracks with what you said earlier about Christian. I games. didn't want to be that guy. But I was just about to compliment him. <laughs> I know that's the one thing that I don't know. But but again, separating the art from the creator. Well, what I was gonna say is because he's done really cool things in terms of the way he handles like other people. Because there's like fan games for Five Nights at Freddy's, right? And the way he's handled that is fantastic. Like, he's actively encouraged and even put his own money into fan games. Good. Which is super cool. Uh, but that's not even the, the main point of my recent. I have also, in because adi- I'm a big fan of the Five Nights at Freddy's lore. Yes, as you but said last there's episode. a few games that I haven't played. I haven't read any of the books. Or Sister Location, probably. I've played Sister Location. Oh, okay. Um, that's five. Oh, I didn't know I had a number at yeah. that point. Okay. Um, but I've but I, I I'm not up to date on the latest revelations of lore. So to catch myself up, I have watched every single Matt Pat Five Nights at Freddy's video. Oh boy, that's a deep cut, my friend. Matt Pat Game Theory. Game Theory. Yeah. Thanks for watching. Uh-huh. Matt Pat, if you want to be on the show, I promise I won't make fun of you <laughs> too much. Um Wait, is it confirmed? Oof. Sorry, Scott. Oh, well. <laughs> You're a douche. <laughs> well, um, it's not turf related. It's 
that uh, he retired and let somebody else run FNAF. Uh-huh. It's the reason why he retired. It's because he was being canceled because he was giving various donations to Donald Trump and to uh, various representatives of the Republican Party. Uh, that hold anti LGBT uh, stances. The one specifically. So it's not the same as, as it's JK. It's not the but same I as JK. It. It's, it's, you know, you have to the think it's the same arena. I'm yeah. impressed that he managed to be scarier than animatronics, just MAGA All in general. Right. So. But anyway, uh, the point is, uh, yeah, and uh, honestly, it, it, it didn't feel like a chore for me at all because I loved getting re-involved in the lore of it. I love anything that's a lore hole. Like, anything where you can do a really deep dive into the lore, I'm a big fan of. I never, And you almost can't get more of that than Five Nights at Freddy's. I never showed you my chart, right? Your chart? When Five Nights at Freddy's was first coming out around number three, Ooh. I made a timeline because I was so interested. Oh, you fool. So, <laughs> a lot of things have changed since then, but I thought the story yeah. was pretty fucking clear-cut then. Yeah. Tune in changed. for that Five Nights at Freddy's special. Do you want to do a Five yes. Nights? Yes. We could. I've, I know yes. it. Bite of 89 or whatever. Let's do it. No, 85. Whatever. I'm bad with numbers. Oh, no. I'm sorry. The kids got lost in 85. The Bite of 87. It's in the 80s. Uh-huh. We could blast the Pac-Man. Call I like Star how you Lord. looked at me like I know what <laughs> yeah. he's talking about. You should Play more jump scare but games. that is the end no. of my recents. Uh, <laughs> too bad. I, I'm commissioning you like you did Final Fantasy VII Remake for me. Now you gotta play it. No, I don't. You're right. I canceled mine. Um, so, what do you got for recents? I think you'd legitimately like it for the record, but... No. Okay. Um, I don't like the gameplay. And I had to watch a Let's Play. I can't play that. Really? It's literally yeah, I don't, it's loud. I have, it's, I've seen gameplay. I have have zero interest. It's anxiety with not a lot of control over jump scares and when they happen. And the triggers that cause them can be so goddamn specific that it's like, yes. I don't want to be responsible. I'm already responsible for a lot of things. I don't want to be responsible like this. I'm okay. good. So I have a shared recent with you. I also watch Peacemaker. Yes. Until what episode did you watch? Three? Three. Okay, then I watched uh, the most recent one, which is episode four. Mm-hmm. Um, as many people know, or somewhat know, I uh, used to call myself a wrestling fan. I Whoa. On and off. John Cena is one of the more um, conscientious wrestlers. Oh, yeah. Because kids love him. But adult wrestlers kind of fucking hate him because the five moves of doom, uh, the burial of young wrestlers just to glorify him, the fact that he tied with Ric Flair for most world championships. They both have 16. And that is, it's odd to have that. It's because he's going to be prepared for the soul transfer with Undertaker. It's going (laughs) to happen. Uh, Funny enough, they did wrestle and John Cena one. Got, no, he got over. Uh, he lost to Undertaker oh, really? at WrestleMania. Yeah, I'm actually shocked. It okay. was actually um, shit. It was a five second match. But- anyway, that being said, I am not a big John Cena the wrestler fan, but John Cena the man, I actually really admire as a person. He's a super great guy. He holds the record for. What was it, James? The Make a Wish yeah. Foundation. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he holds the record for that. Not only for does most... he hold the record, he he laps the n- person in the number two spot, meaning he's got twice as many visits as the number two spot. I remember seeing that he's very philanthropic. Yeah, yeah. yeah this this dude, 
is a great guy from all all accounts, you know, considering all accounts. Um, I am very happy to see that James Gunn gets another WWE guy in front of the camera. Oh, yeah. Because he did Batista, you know? And funny enough, The Rock is Black Adam. Yep. John Cena's Peacemaker. Uh, Well, wrestlers uh, as actors is not really a new concept either. Right, but John Cena and The Rock had the once-in-a-lifetime match three times at three consecutive WrestleManias. Yeah. It's kind of a big deal in WrestleMania. I mean, in in WWE of John Cena and The Rock. So it's a kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge. They're both in DC. Also, in regards to Peacemaker, I am very proud of him. Which is, I, who the fuck am I? Peacemaker or John Cena? John Cena. <laughs> oh, okay. But I'm also very proud of James Gunn being like 100% unleashed. Where he gets to do whatever the fuck he wants. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see Warner's like, do whatever. Just do whatever. We trust you. Yeah. And there are no reins here. This is me doing a callback to the whole rated R thing with Batman. Mm-hmm. This, is this I feel, is the same way. Because Guardians, I feel, sometimes is being held back a little. It feels a little too kid-friendly. And this is not kid-friendly. Granted, both uh both characters are very different mm-hmm. but when guardians first came out they were like c list maybe mm-hmm. d list this guy is not even on a list peacemaker was a, a concept from the 70s right it was dc's attempt to make money off of fucking punisher uh kin characters so i don't know i really enjoy james gunn just going fucking balls to the wall all out with free reign on the squad I think if anybody deserved it, it was him. Oh, sure. And I can't wait to see the future because after Guardians 3, I assume he's just back to Warner. Probably. And he stays at Warner. Oh, we don't know. You think a part of it is because, like, to get that Marvel body, you have to go through a whole workout regimen and the wrestlers are just already there? I mean, I'm sure that's... <laughs> it's like, we well, don't have to do it, that it's part. It's not okay, just good. that. It's also, like, Most when you're wrestling. hiring wrestlers, you're hiring stunt people. Yeah. Like you're like they've got a lot attached to them in terms of a skill set. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You they've got the skills to make it. Not work. only that, John Cena, Batista, and The Rock have charisma because yeah. they have filled out stadiums. Sure, they have sold wow, out gonna, fucking merch. You just well, never mind. I was about to say you're gonna throw Hulk Hogan under the bus, but it's fine. He's a racist. We don't talk of fucking Hulk Hogan on this podcast. He he was expunged by from he the is, Hall of Fame. I will never fucking. Endorse Hulk Hogan. That's fine. We're throwing him back under the bus. Die in a fire. Fuck him. You're right. You're right. In a bus fire. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, I really recommend Peacemaker. I also recommend The Suicide Squad. It was one of the things we all liked from 2021. Please Uh watch it. I also watched There Will Be Blood and Apocalypse Now Redux. Really long, engaging dramas, but good lord, Apocalypse Now Redux is three hours and twelve minutes long. And it still didn't put me to sleep, but I felt like Martin Sheen during that whole fucking movie. Every uh, movie is going to be fucking three hours long now. It's just going to become the thing. You, it's like that. Yeah, but Apocalypse Now is from 1981. No, I get it. I'm just saying, like, it's surprising, but now I feel like every movie is going to do that now. So it's like, 
The more things change, the more they stay the same. And (laughs) time to bring back from the fucking the grave. Adrian read a comic book. Comic book must read. Oh, Uh, okay. uh, Just to bring back that old dead horse. I read DC Ceased. Deceased. Uh, That's fun. Yeah. Uh, So you can read it on DC Comics uh, Infinite, which is their comics reading page uh, uh, app. Excuse me. And it's six issues. It's a fun little story. And it goes through the creation of Earth 2. And... It has a lot of zombie elements to it, and it. The well, art, I would hope so with a name like Deceased. Yeah, and I mean the art is really great, and you do see a lot of fucking gore. I I was really blown away by the gore. Okay. In a zombie thing, how shocking. Yeah, and I mean, when Superman turns, man, that is some crazy shit. Fucking spoiler. Yeah, you're gonna read it. Yeah, well, I might because it has no, zombies. You won't. Resident Evil obsessed, remember? No. That's it for my recents. <laughs> okay. Alrighty. So are you ready just to tackle into the news? Uh yeah, I got something really quick. Okay. Uh, just piggybacking off DC Comics because I started re like researching more on Peacemaker, but this popped up. Apparently DC Comics is setting up a huge event regarding the Justice League where it plans to kill them. Oh, on the okay. anniversary of the 20-year, 30-year anniversary of the death of Superman, mm-hmm. they're kind of doing the same thing, except the entire villain's gallery of every hero in the league, of all seven original members, are teaming up to fight the entire league and kill them once and for all. Mm-hmm. It's written by Joshua Williamson, who I absolutely love his his uh, Flash Rebirth run. I really enjoy his writing. I cannot wait to read it. Okay. I mean, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Let's see how they kill these characters and then a year later bring them back. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't. I, I feel mean, like... we've kind of known Superman was going to die again ever since they did a growth spurt to Jonathan, uh, his son, who and then told him, okay, you're going to be Superman and I got to go fight off Elseworlds or whatever, off planet. So, yeah. I mean... It's kind of telegraphing. Superman's definitely going to die. I don't know about the other characters. Gohan, train in the hyperbolic time chamber. I'll totally back you up when you get out. Yeah. 100%. Dude, I got you. Wait, no. You could do this. One-handed even. I believe in you. (laughs) Sorry, Dragon Ball's fun. Um, Anything else in terms of No, that's it. That's all I got. Oh, okay. Uh, I got oh, a quick... uh, fuck Josh Whedon, but that's about it. Yeah, no, I I heard about that too. Josh Whedon's an asshole. Yeah, shocker. I don't. It's well, it's the problem is that we knew he was an asshole, but and this is all I'm gonna say about it. You could tell in this interview that he thought this was gonna be his saving grace, his validation. Like moment. this was going to be, like he thought, oh no, I'm gonna explain this and people are gonna be on my side again. Without realizing that he just dug his hole like another several feet deeper. Like, he's a fucking idiot. On, uh, on behalf of the podcast, let's add him to the fucking corpses of people we don't talk about on the show. I, I'm trying to think yeah. of what I want to call it. You know what I mean? Something like the Banish Zone from Yu-Gi-Oh! I don't mm. know. Like, I, we got to figure out something. The dumpster. <laughs> Put him in it the is, dumpster. Uh, it, it is... It's unfortunate because the man has created many things that I love. Shit, bro. Buffy Angel. Buffy the- Angel... Fucking for you, Firefly. Firefly, fucking Doctor Horrible, sing along blog. Ah, you bastard. Yeah, man. Shit, we, we Avengers. Just, yeah, 
We should but do a special on Avengers. Maybe, we should. Maybe mm. one day. But in the center of this dumpster fire, you just see David Cage's bald head just shooting <laughs> all of the flames. Sorry. Anyway. Yeah, but um, you mentioned him enough that he's on your bingo. As something I... Well, it's next to Tom Hewlett. But Tom Hewlett, he's not in the dumpster. He's, he's just like hanging on the side of it. He's too timid to get in. Anyway, we're not getting into this metaphor. So who's further. up next on news? I got one news. Go for it. It's hardly even news. But I think it's news because I love both of these people. So did you know that Dolly Parton has her birthday the day before David Lynch's birthday? Yes. I, I didn't know that. I didn't know oh, that. Okay. Like two of my most favorite like celebrities and they're back-to-back birthdays. She was on Is this, a... It, how, okay, I'm sorry. I thought news was like breaking, but this is like... Okay. So it's just to break the veil or whatever. The day we're recording is David Lynch's birthday. Happy birthday, David Lynch. There, you happy? That's where I was going with that. <laughs> I mean, he's been born for a few years now. So no, so you're not okay. Okay, guys. Next time I'm it's sorry. your birthday, I'm gonna be like, I would say happy birthday, but you've been born for a few but years it's not now. News. It's not anything new. It isn't news. Wow. Uh, oh, I guess technically quotes, it's news to you. One of my favorite moments with her was when she was on Kelly and Michael. We talking about Dolly. Yeah. Okay. And they ask her, "What's the first thing you do in the morning?" She goes, "Well, I put on my clothes and I go home." <laughs> I love like, her so fucking much. D- did you hear when the vaccines were coming out? She was actively like donating to different oh, facilities, yeah. and she came up with a song instead of Jolene. It's vaccine. <laughs> I, That's great. I fucking love Dolly Parton so much. I so, yeah, no, we stand no, her. Chris Pratt. It's not because you're Christian. It's because you're a dick. Well, right, because that I love her so much because she's that great outlier that you can be Southern Christian as fuck and still be a fantastic a person. decent person, yeah. Like, th- that stigma is bullshit that all, all Southern people are, are ignorant or whatever, right. and she's a shining example of this. Mm-hmm. I, I love well, maybe like two or three of her songs, but I love her character so much. To be fair, though, and this is you know another thing to her credit, is yeah. that from a young age, she's always uh, related to the others. Well, she fucking supplied the the funding for Buffy, and that's not very Christian friendly. So sure. she had to no, do that I secretly, mean, you know, like, like her story about where she modeled her look after. Because mm. like she modeled her look after this woman that lived in her town that everyone called the town tramp. They called her trash, and she said, "Well, I'm going to be trash when I grow up." She's beautiful. I love her so yeah. goddamn much. Ugh. But it's so like I'm saying from a very young age, she obviously felt like a kinship with people who are othered, mm. whether that be, you know, people who are sexually active, LGBT, whatever. Mm. She felt kinship with other people who are othered. And you can see that in the person she is. And it's really cool. I, a cool Chris Pratt doesn't have the near temerity or honesty or integrity of no. Dolly Parton to fill one of her stockings. No. I don't think any... It's hard to find people who can, though. I will definitely say. But again, it's David Lynch's birthday. I just love Dolly a lot. Lynch, We still have to watch Mulholland Drive. We are going to watch Mulholland Drive, because I do need to rewatch it. Um, In any case, that's all I got for news, really. So. Up to you, buddy. Wait, are you bringing up the purchase? Yes. Okay, because I didn't. Okay. (laughs) But by the time this episode comes out, it will either be the day before or the day of... Uh, the Legend of Vox Machina comes out on uh, Amazon Prime. That's the Critical Role animated series. Oh, okay. I was like, all right, yeah, all right, cool. Um, 
And I just found out that aside from like the critical role cast who are already like prolific voice actors in their own right. Right. Uh, they've added like Stephanie Beatrice, who was the voice of Maribel in Encanto. Oh, okay, cool. She's, She's also Rosa Diaz in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, oh. David Tennant, Tony Hale, and, and a bunch of guest stars and roles. Super excited for this show. Even if you're not a fan of D&D, even if you're not a specifically a fan of Critical Role, you should watch this show. No, I, I agree with you. It's going to be an awesome fantasy show, and it's got a killer voice cast. No, I, I agree with you in supporting your favorite internet personalities and actual TV shows and whatnot, yeah. because they're talented, we've proven this, so they could put together something. Speaking of which, watch Smiling Friends on Adult Swim. <laughs> uh, really like that. Really good stuff. But, uh, yeah, man, it's so I, I'm again, I, I'm super excited. So you can definitely expect me to be talking about uh, Legend of Ox Machina next week good, or good. next time I'm on. Let's I hope I'm on next week. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, us on Fr- Fan Freaks, we do love D&D. Yeah. A hundred percent. I'm uh, I'm very excited about check out uh, our episode on Tatcha's Cauldron and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that being said, uh, other than that, there isn't a whole lot. Uh, we did get like a final trailer. For Moon Knight. Right. I haven't seen it. However. Oh, I, I just, I really love Oscar Isaac in almost yes. anything he's in, even the fucking worst ones. So I don't it know. It is interesting, though, that there are uh, members of the Jewish community mm. on, like, uh, TikTok and Reddit who are concerned that MC, the MCU might be continuing its Jewish erasure in, uh, in Moon Knight. There's been other characters who, not to the extent of Mark Spector... But who are notably Jewish, who seem to be not so in the MCU. I think Scarlet Witch Quicksilver. Uh, yeah. I um, wow. Okay. Wow. That's a that's a weird thing to just. Yeah, huh. but with Mark Spector specifically, Mark Spector being Jewish is a part of his character. It is an integral and often discussed yeah, part of his character. Yeah, it's one of it, it's probably two of his personalities. Yeah, and Oscar Isaac is not Jewish. So M's the and the as I love Oscar Isaac, but one of the TikTokers I listened to brought up a good point where MCU the MCU has kind of backed themselves into a corner here, because if they do make him Jewish, then they fucked up by not casting a Jewish actor to play it. Uh, Hang on, okay. And if they don't make him Jewish, then they are continuing their lineage of Jewish erasure. So what were you gonna say? I feel as though and look. I, my opinion is mine alone. I'm not going to say what other people's opinion or what sure. makes them feel comfortable. I don't know. I do know that I've seen enough straight men playing gay guys in films. Yeah, but that's criticized also. I, I Hold on. Let me uh-huh. finish. Like, I see that. I do not get as bothered if they are good enough at acting in the role. I know. Because look, Robin Williams, Birdcage. Uh-huh amazing fantastic and i can't find a flaw in his performance but just because it's straight i'm supposed to think like oh well this is an incorrect representation even though as a gay man i know he's doing a good job right so i I really think it's a little bit more nuanced oh my god he does yeah (laughs) he has Um, a star david by the way one of my favorite movies of all 100 percent agree here fantastic such a good movie but but i can't believe nathan the, the man lane isn't jew Oh yeah. Well, I found that out. You were gonna say isn't gay? And yeah, I'm like, I'm like, no, no, he's definitely got that. Um, but again, I think it matters on the performance and the film, and that's why it's not so easy to be clear cut on it. I agree, but nonetheless, a lot of the Jewish community on TikTok, anyway, has raised concerns about this. Like, because they could write 
him to do it like in a way that works. I agree. Because Oscar Isaac is a good actor, goddammit. I believe that yes. he can do it. Hundred percent. Like, I don't know. I I know I know this is like a serious topic, but the first thing that came to mind was all right, Oscar, act like Jerry Seinfeld, and then they just start doing slap bass in the intro. <laughs> Dude, the fun, <laughs> like like the directors give the most ignorant fucking directions, and you're just like, what? No, no, I'm not doing that. My career, no. <laughs> Uh, and What's then, the deal with the Battle of New York? The Chitari? Oh Who invited God. them? <laughs> you know, I really think Moon Knight should wear blackface for this movie. Oh, no! 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 <laughs> no! No! <laughs> uh, and then but two... that's Hollywood, dude. They're terrible. <laughs> but go ahead. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so apparently we're getting a uh, like Godzilla universe show for Apple TV. Ugh. Yeah, I know. But fucking another one. Yeah, I know. It's unfortunate, but you know that's where we're at now in not this on, current. Not not only that. It's there's something to be said about being. I hate being this guy, but I'm also like proud of it. Is that I have staunch uh, ideals when it comes to like companies who get my money. Yeah. Like for example, Gearbox won't because of fucking one man. Right. Once he's gone, yeah, sure. But once he's gone, fuck you, Randy Pitchford. And uh, <laughs> Apple's another one just as a whole. I fucking hate that entity. And I, yeah. Oh, are I we mean, finally talking about the Louisiana Purchase? What? <laughs> I'm just coming up with different words with Purchase. But yeah, are we finally here? No. No. <sighs> okay. Hang on. Uh-huh. But, man, Apple TV does have some good programs yeah, that I want to do. So, I don't know, man. Yo-ho-ho and a bottle of rum for me. <laughs> um, Yo-ho, no. Two last, the, the last things here. And yes, that is, it'll be the last one. Okay. But Jensen Ackles was recently on uh, Michael oh, Rosenbaum's podcast. Inside of you, yes. And man, do I hate fucking media coverage. Because yeah. boy, did they take that shit out of context. Because in that, in, in that yeah. podcast, uh, Michael asked him, was it fun working with, Jess with Jessica Alba? Because oh. he was on the fuck was that show called? Uh, she had that show where she played like a spy, not uh, Alias, because that was not Garner. Alias. That's Jennifer Garner. But whatever. He was on that show and he was like, "No." It's like, wait, are you joking? But like, no, she was a bitch. So, Michael also made it worse because he took that part in this and put it on his TikTok. Exactly. That's the only part of the interview that he that he put put to promote. But the whole interview, Jensen then continues to explain that, but that then developed into like a brother-sister relationship between right, the two right. of them. And they ended up like, it ended up being great. No, it clicks but more. Click now, more. every headline is, Jensen Ackles says Jessica Alba's a bitch. Every single headline, completely ignorant of the context of, at first. At the same time, I find it ridiculous that people even care oh like, you know what i mean like someone calls someone a bitch that's not really a damnable offense it's kind of like oh you call that me a bitch all the time yeah they're like seriously i do it here on the show i've called you worse even yeah <laughs> i i just feel like uh, it's funny to see those kind of the media kind of blow up like that yeah it's such bullshit but, but fun, yeah fun I, fact, though, I hope this is a lesson for michael though like you got to be careful about providing context for shit just don't do it apparently what were you gonna say <laughs> i was gonna say fun fact about silent hill 2 uh, James's actor on set said that Maria slash Mary's actress was a pain in the butt. Mm. 
Monica Taylor Horgan apparently was very prissy or bossy on set. Did he specifically say pain in the butt? Like something like that. He made it very like soft. He didn't want to like yeah. say anything mean. All right. But I, it's funny. Sorry. Go ahead. Dark Angel was the name of the show, by the uh. way. And then the <laughs> big piece of news. Yeah. Microsoft has purchased Activision Blizzard. Because you can just buy things now. But yeah, that's fine. Fucking A, man. I, I personally have very little stake in this. They'd own nothing new that I like. So Diablo. that's fine. But sorry, I played Diablo and 3. And StarCraft. But um, but your challenge now is to find a game I give a shit about. <laughs> like, Spyro? What? I mean, I did back in Crash the PS1. Bandicoot? Back in the PS1 days. Oh, well. Because, uh, like, they own what now? They own World of Warcraft, uh, Overwatch. Yeah. COD. COD, I guess. Yeah. Well, all the active. There's a bunch of Activision shit. But, uh, yeah. But in terms of Blizzard, yeah. It's Diablo. The big ones would be Diablo, Overwatch, World of Warcraft. That's really it. Yeah. Um, but it's... so. But so, interestingly enough, today, Sony actually finally made a comment on this purchase. And they said, uh, we can only hope that they continue to honor currently existing contracts. Hmm. Which is their way of saying, don't you fucking dare. <laughs> which they might, which they very well might. This is something, especially like it, if they, it'd be, if they tried to take COD exclusive, I guarantee you Sony's taking them to court. I, the thing is, is would they win that case? That's the problem. Depends on how the contract is written. Right. I, the console war has heated up yet again. Yeah, and wait. This who, is who wrote the contract? Because if it's Activision, then it's currently on fire as it's being passed over. To them. <laughs> like because they, they are just a burning house right now. Yeah, that's why they have the wholesale the sign on the front. Thing, oh, sorry, <laughs> the most important thing here is that Bobby Kotick is getting fired for sure. Well, that's what the I don't know, man. That's what they'll say. No, no. Microsoft is not keeping that around. Microsoft is is super about keeping a clean house. Because, like, the guy's been covering a lot of shit. Sure. Plus, he's overpaid like I, crazy. But the worst thing that's going to come out of this is people are going to lose their job. Well, won't they just get different employers? No. You think they'll just redo the, everyone? The, 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 I don't think there's ever been a big merger like this where at least some people haven't been fired just as part of cleanup. Because what happens is you when you fold in a company like that, you end up with multiple people in the same role. Right, right. And it's often easier to just cut them out versus finding a new role for them or whatever the case is. Hmm. So people are going to lose their job, and that's unfortunate. But Biden can go fuck himself. Uh, it's just, I, I, I wonder how far this will go and what Sony needs to do in response. And a lot of people were saying Sony needs to buy another company and, like, to even up. I don't think so. I don't want that either, particularly. I don't think that's what they need to do is start reviving old IPs. I agree with that. But more. what IPs do they have? A so ton. Legend of fucking Dragoon. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking fucks. Yeah. Sorry, that was a very deep-rooted... That was. I I felt that one. It's 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 been just sitting there. They just don't do anything with it. Medieval? But they did a remaster, and I think oh, it, it didn't so sell good. well. No, the Medieval, uh, they had a new one, and it was good, wasn't it? Yeah, but it didn't sell well. Yeah, it didn't sell well. well. That's a shame, because the game itself Same was Same also fine. when they start new IPs, those don't tend to sell. Days Gone, for oh. example, didn't sell enough to warrant a sequel. Now, I hate saying this, but all they need to do... <laughs> 
is <laughs> make a Legend of bleh, Dragoon remake bleh, in the same way that se- Seven is, and then they'll sell. I <laughs> I hate it, but it'll sell. Mischievous cannot listen to this episode. Put, like, I, I've put learned, on, right? Put on the fucking bingo. I, I've learned that the things I love must die in order to succeed. Uh-huh. Let the past die. Kill it. If kill you it have. if you. No, I don't even get to kill it anymore. It's it's just being killed and kicked repeatedly I, on the ground. The the only thing um, that I'd like to point out about this, aside from the whole Bobby Cotta getting fired, I hope so, and I hope he never earns the another silver penny. lining in this story. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Is that Phil Spencer, the head of Xbox yes. uh, games, I believe, or whatever the fancy title is for just Xbox games, is actually a really nice guy when it comes to working with crossplay. Sure. He was one of the first ones to really promote that. Absolutely. Cool. By the way, Nintendo and Xbox have a super friendly relationship. I never would have saw that coming, by the way. It's because they're not competitors. It also other. started with Minecraft, I think. Yeah, but they're also not competition for each other. No, they I'm, play in different markets. Yeah, Nintendo is in its fucking own portable yeah. game. I mean, yeah. like for example, that whole thing with Banjo Kazooie being right. on Smash, and fucking Sakurai with an Xbox controller in hand says, "And you could play those games on an Xbox One." Yeah, on a Nintendo Direct. Yeah, that all I can think of now is that when Sony did that thing that you just said, they announced. We hope that they honor mm. all these existing contracts. I'm pretty sure they will because Phil has been amicable, especially towards Sony. It's just it hasn't been re- very well received because right. the last guy that was head of Xbox, Don fucking Matrix, right. who was like, fuck games. If you want a not uh, online always console, there's a 360 for you. Right. And the whole connect thing. Yeah. But Phil's a pretty good guy. I I think this is going to be a good move. I wasn't really mad about the whole Bethesda thing, but this mm. makes me happy that I have a PC. This all yes. All this does is I, makes me happy I have a PC. A hundred percent. Like I, there's so many like there's people I know who are like Xbox people, right? Mm-hmm. But I know so many people who are. Sony, who are PS4, PS5, whatever, PlayStation, Switch, PC people. Because very often, if you already have a PlayStation, it makes more sense to me to get a PC than to get an Xbox. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the Xbox is essentially a mini PC in its own right with the Windows and whatnot, Exactly. So. But what I'm saying is, like, yeah. if you're given the option for not much more than a current-gen Xbox, you can get... A decent gaming PC. The only problem is yes. just the entry of knowing yes. how to do it. But, e- but even 100%. then, the internet could teach you whatever you need to know. 100%. So, and I like, have no idea what I'm doing with my PC because <laughs> every time I say I have a PC, the first question is, what's in it? What do you got? What's in it? <laughs> I How's built, it run? I built my PC and I was terrified the entire time, but I did it. Yeah. Yeah. But my point is, like, if you're already at that point where you have two consoles, it makes more sense to me mm. to instead of getting a third... Get yourself a PC that can do what the Xbox can do and more. And for the next generation, probably, as yeah, you upgrade exactly. it. So. Um, PC Master Race what? So, I I am... I don't like all this pac Manning going on. There's a lot of, like, just big companies eating 
Well, James, when the rich get richer, they have more money to spend. Of course, and, and when it'll they, trickle down. Yeah, well, <laughs> I see what you did there. But it just, they keep buying things, uh-huh. and then when the giant unicrons come together, <laughs> it, it's like, it'll be very dangerous. Uh-huh. We'll see what happens there. So People want Sony yeah, to buy Konami. Honest, uh, I don't know. The saddest thing for me was when Disney bought Fox, because Fox is one of the cornerstones of film. Sure. That, I mean, that, that fucking but, hurt. I, but that's just it, though. Like that, but that's not the same thing, because Fox was getting rid of Fox. Someone was gonna buy it. I get that. I just didn't want Fox to sell. I get that, but you know that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Right. But that's not what this was. This was actively Microsoft being like, "How much do you want? How 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 much do you want?" So I gotta think, right? So if Sony wanted to buy a smaller, like, Japanese publisher or something sure. like that, like, it'd have to be one that's failing as hard as Activision. Activision, Activision failing? In failing. terms of on fire, like, with all the allegations. Like, there's oh. a reason why they bought it now is because it was going through a lot, so they were able to sweep in and Maybe buy it at a price. Maybe the price was going down, that's and that's what why I'm it saying. was vulnerable? I so, the only company I could see in exchange, and this is one people talk about, is Sony buying Konami, because oh, no. Konami's just in the shitter right now. We might as well. In that case, I'm a little bit more supportive just because Konami sits on those properties yeah, exactly. and does nothing. I- don't know about that because Konami makes money alone on Yu-Gi-Oh. What do you? Oh, but but in terms of a game industry like video games, right? That might be but a little the different. the company itself is still fine. Yeah, but they can do a fox. They can cut off parts yeah. of their uh, uh, of their company and sell that off. They they're still make money off their pachinkos. Uh, they're, yeah, they're exactly. a snake. You cut off the tail and they just grow something else. Right, back. but they That's have the rights <laughs> for Silent Hill and Metal Gear, and those are pachinkos that they're making money off of. Sure. Same with Castlevania, which have NFTs, and they're just milking their own. Yeah. So if their Sony own, steps their in own and IP, says, you can write that into the sales contract yeah. and sell off the properties i don't i i don't know because konami's very stubborn from yes what, 100%. konami health and konami games are two separate studios yeah and they could probably even truncate it more i don't know uh no I, and i think that would be a great move for sony because that would give them a decent amount of ips to work with because i mean like there's a lot of them they're sitting on and not doing anything with uh-huh and arguably metal gear is a big deal for playstation like it's one of the highest Snake, selling games Snake's for the PS1 and PlayStation 2. Snakes a mascot. Yeah, I mean, 100%. What he was, was the face of the PlayStation 3 for Metal Gear Solid 4. Yeah. What was Silent Hill on PlayStation? Yeah, yeah I exactly. mean, took until Homecoming for so, that. No, well, uh, Silent Hill 2 was also on the Xbox. I that, think, that is true. And PC. Sony need, but basically what I'm saying is Sony and needs to, to take a step back four for a second. Four is on PC. Sorry, go ahead. No, four is not on Xbox. I need to look into that. But you may be right. Sorry, Because I'm pretty sure it's just two. Sorry. Uh, anyway. Three is on PC. Anyway, go ahead. Our, and, again, I'm just saying Xbox. Okay. I'm yes. not saying PC. Yes. Sorry. My point is, uh, Sony needs to take a step back, look at the IPs that they maybe haven't revisited in a while, mm-hmm. and, you know, take a page from Mar- what Marvel. Give the fans what they want. It, it prints money for you. Give me Killzone a Days Gone again, you bastard. There you go. Sorry, did Resident Evil 2 was the last Killzone game? Money? A launch title for the PS4. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that is it for our news. 
just piggybacking off that, oh, yes. just to give more fuck you to Bobby Kotick, he tried to buy PC Gamer just so they could stop making bad articles about him. <laughs> that, that's how the rich deal with problems, by yeah. the way. I don't mean to sound communist, which Jeffrey I'm not. Jeffrey Bezos buying fucking Washington it's Post. Just, yep. it's, it, it's actually easier for these guys to just buy the people saying the bad words about them as opposed to actually clearing their name. It's sad as a Superman fan to see that Lex Luthor won. The, the world is filled with Lex Luthor. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so um, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And when we return, we'll go ahead and cover our Freaky Five Best Villains in Film. Hey, that's what? related. Yeah, this is... Bobby Cotter. <laughs> <laughs> This is James, Dr. Rude Ramos, and you're listening to the Fan Freaks Podcast. Make sure to check us out at our Lair, the Fan Freaks Facebook page, and on Twitter. And remember, that's F-A-N-F-R-E-E-K-S. Follow us, or else. No, 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 no. You need to ramp up to the laugh. You can't just go in full to. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's also, those knots, that's never going to work. She's going to get off that train, those train tracks immediately. Oh, I just stapled her. I need her. to see you after class. Oh, god damn it. <laughs> but more at the end. There's an emphasis. There's joy in your, in your, in your, your mania. All right, well, that's just like your opinion, <laughs> man. <laughs> Screw this. I'm out of this class. Let me get a white rush. And also, that ransom note, it, it, they can tell that's your handwriting. What are you doing? Mm. Yeah, but my handwriting's special. It's chicken scratch. Okay. But everyone open your textbooks to page 666. And we're going to I get it. So, today, everyone, if you didn't get what's going on here, we're feeling awfully villainous. Yes. Uh, no, not the Disney brand villainous. I'm sorry, it's a completely different thing. Um, uh, don't sue us, Disney. Please, no. Uh, so we'll be doing our Freaky Five Best Villains in Film. This is a fucking big topic, so there's going to be a lot of uh, open space for the movie audience to pick villains, one. villains, not to be confused with movie antagonists. Right. And well, they're not mutually exclusive. You could also be an antagonist. Yes, right, one. but well, antagonist deserves its own list. We wanted to be, what I'm saying is that there is a di but there is a difference. They are not automatically the same thing. Sure, but most villains are antagonists in in most cases. Yes, yes. But what I'm saying is, this doesn't necessarily have to be the antagonist of your movie. Okay, okay. It could you could be a situation where the main character is a villain, and that deserves to be on this oh, list. Oh, I avoided those. N now, for those <laughs> mind, and, uh, anyway. and for those that don't. Uh, how can I say this? That don't remember how we've done a Freaky Five because mm -hmm. we didn't either. Uh, yeah, it's we, been a while. We, <laughs> it's been like two months, man. Uh, we each go through our list. And of course, if you got honorable mentions, boys, shout them out. Uh, shall I go first? Sure. sure. So I'm going to start with so my that. number five. By the way, Freaky Five is our favorite five. You can have a different five. No, you are telling everyone their favorites This right is now. the law. This is law. Dude, law. <laughs> you are the law. Um, so there's a little movie from the 90s called Speed. Oh, man. Uh, with a brilliant <laughs> turn by a great actor. Uh, if you love David Lynch, you love him in Blue Velvet. Dennis Hopper as Howard Payne. Definitely does not show up on my list, by the way. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Pop quiz, hot shot. 
You fucking failed. I got him first. God damn it. <laughs> right, yeah. All um, right. Just the bravado, the great planning. And this is also kind of an original concept when it first came out yeah. of just putting, listen, you can't get below that speed. And I feel that he outmatches the hero in just pure charisma. This is the this bus is- movie. Yeah, this yes. is the bus movie. I'm sorry. I, I was like, I know this movie. What? Okay, <laughs> this movie was great. Sorry, go ahead. Keanu How Reeves, is he on Sandra your list Bullock. if you don't remember the movie? <laughs> Wasn't that movie. He's a very talented villain. Dennis Hopper is a very yeah, talented villain. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you really? Absolutely. We'll I absolutely stand Dennis Hopper. Fucking, I'm sexy. I'm sexy. Fucking, all right. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, Howard Payne, Speed. Yes. If you haven't seen it fuck is wrong with you that is great number four is my probably my most avant-garde pick okay purely because of just the acting and there's one scene that always comes to mind i'm scared you're gonna have something on mine just because you said avant-garde call it no i can't call it i don't know what i'm playing for (gasps) oh fuck yes this is a good one uh anton I can't pronounce his last name. Churgid? It's like Churgid? Chug, Chuggin? Churgin. Yeah. From No Country for Old Men. Yes. Played by Javier Bardem. Mm-hmm. Masterclass. Please. Yes. Please. This man, every scene he's in, tension building. Yes. And also face. the Coen brothers with this masterful movement of the camera, the, the flow of it. There's no music. There's no music. It's just... Steady, yes, exactly. That face he the makes, the fucking face. Oh, but that scene for me, where he's with this innocent gas station attendant. Oh my god! Just call it. I don't know what I'm playing for. Call it. Mm-hmm. Because I can't decide for you, bro. Literally right now, goosebumps. Mm. Fucking love No Country for Old Men. Uh, this one, you see him every year, and it ain't Christmas without him falling from the tower. Hans mother. <laughs> Fucking Gruber. See, I knew this would be here. Good. Alan Rickman. Yes. Just he he has to be on all of our lists. And yeah. Professor manner. Snape, everyone's favorite villain in Harry yeah. Potter. <laughs> Fucking. He's also the sheriff of Nottingham. If you want to yeah, use that yeah. pick. Yep. But Hans Gruber. Again, I'm I'm really going for these these characters that just command the screen whenever they're on. Mm-hmm. He's a master foil to our John McClane. He. He matches him in wits, and you don't really see that often, particularly in the 80s action films. Right. Um, I just want to say, because I have a feeling we're going to be mentioning a lot of the same like actors, so I want to call this the hashtag villain VIP group. <laughs> All right, you, you we have our hashtag. That's right, because I feel like you already brought up Dennis Hopper and fucking Alan Rickman. He, he's amazing at playing the villainous roles. Like, Yes, so... My second pick, yes, it's a conscientious pick because I don't care for the actor anymore, okay. considering what he did. No, oh, great, been thoroughly canceled. We've got a canceled person here, canceled right. villain. But the film is by far one of the best things I've ever seen him oh, in. Who could it be? Now I'm wondering. Mm-hmm. And it has to do with a certain amount of sins. That one has to has to deal with. Are we talking about Sin City? No, sir. We're talking about the very important question of what's in the box. Oh, John seven. Doe from Seven, oh, played no. by Kevin Spacey, unfortunately. But what a fucking genius, genius 
level of villainy here because th- throughout the first two acts you don't see him mm. you don't talk to him he just shows up in the third act covered in blood at the police station is that a spoiler there's gonna be spoilers in this fucking <laughs> oh, episode boy. And also, what the fuck is wrong with you if you haven't seen Seven? Like, Seven's great. Bro, there are millennials that don't even know what that is. Seven from 1997, directed by <laughs> uh, David Fincher. Well, they know and, who the, the killer and, is now, but that's fine. Right, but you don't, you always know. You don't even know his name. His name is John Doe. That is true. That's such great writing. Also, the fact that Fincher wrote this whole thing when he was really fucking depressed is amazing to me. Um, also great from Brad Pitt and uh, Morgan Freeman's acting here to be a great foil to Kevin Spacey. That third act, man, fuck. It's the reason why people remember what's in the box. So, so. yeah. So here we go with my honorable mentions. Okay. All right. This could have been a fucking all-stars, folks. I'm just letting you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. yeah. We had to, like, rein it back here. Um, Am I really ranking mine? I don't really know. But, yeah. <laughs> so has... Uh, this is another Coen Brothers villain. Okay. But he's probably the most cartoony in, in my entire list. Because it's a live action cartoon. It's fucking Raising Arizona, Leonard Smalls, the bounty hunter. Mm. I think he's a great presence. I really enjoy his uh, his acting. No, no, no words. He's there for one thing and one thing only, and that's the baby. That's Arizona. Uh, next... Finally, a Scorsese villain, uh, Nikki Santoro, Joe Pesci's character from Casino. Uh, while, yes, he is viewed at, as a protagonist during the first act, he turns villainous. Okay, be careful with characters that turn villains, because is this not a spoiler? Wait, what? Like, for characters that aren't known to be villains until you see the movie. Well, I mean... It's a mobster movie, and it just provides a foil to our protagonist, uh-huh. which okay. is Robert De Niro's character, Ace uh, Rothstein. Gotcha. All right, and, these, and what's next on honorable mentions? So there, this is a, a problematic film just because of the director, but Leon the Professional's Norman Stansfield. Mm-hmm. Okay, and who else? That's uh, Gary Oldman. Uh, also, Biff Tannen from oh, Back to course. the Future. I had to have him. Oh, wow. For fuck's yeah. sake, I had to have him. Why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Um, and lastly, my last honorable mention, sorry, before my uh, my number one, it's Agent Smith. Yeah, I knew this was going to come up somewhere, but that's okay. Go ahead. Just Hugo Weaving, dude. Fuck me. But that's my last of the honorable mention. My number one, my number one is none other than DDL, Daniel Day-Lewis, in fucking... Gangs of New York, Bill okay. the Butcher. Holy yeah. shit, bro. Hell yeah. Can we talk about how fucking great that scene is where he's stabbing an Irishman or or I think a, a different countryman and just, I'm going to teach you to speak English with this fucking knife. Just so much tension and anger. And you, you're you rooting for Leo throughout this entire film. Granted, Gangs of New York is, is kind of a mixed bag for a lot of people. I, I'm going to go ahead and take that line, isolate it, and then just mod it into Resident Evil 4. I'm going to teach you to speak English with a <laughs> fucking knife. It's really fucked. <laughs> I hear stop. Yeah, <laughs> fuck. Um, but still, Bill the Butcher, DDL... Seriously, fucking Daniel Day-Lewis. It's a shame that he retired, 
but I'm also like really glad he was never spoiled. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this man, if this is to equate to sports, first ballot Hall of Famer in fucking not only villainy, but acting. All right. Yeah. And if you haven't seen Gangs in New York, I have not. That's why I prepare, haven't said much. Prepare yeah. for what the fuck did I'm you just sorry. say? I, that's why I haven't said much. I don't really know him in this movie. Yeah, no. You, I, have you seen Gangs in New York? No. Have you seen Phantom Thread? I don't watch a lot of mobster movies in general. This isn't a mobster movie. Gangs of New York isn't? Okay, yes, Gangs of, but Phantom Threat isn't. Like with a name what about like There Gangs Will Be Blood? York. I'm asking if you know the actor. No, I know the actor. I know Daniel Day-Lewis. I'm Do you just know saying, how good he is? Of course I know how good he is. That's why I'm, I believe you. I'm just saying I need to I'm see I'm just saying, role. please, just how fucking beautiful every scene he's in. in. Yes. And this it's the epitome, epitome of what I seek for a villain. That that perfect, like almost like undefeated, cannot be stopped foil for our protest. Oh, I've got a few of those too. And that is it for my list. So we got. Uh, should I go over it one more time? Yeah, go or? through the main the the main options. Number okay. five, four, three, two, Number one. five is Howard Payne from Speed, Dennis Hopper. Number four, Anton Churchik from No Country for Old Men. Uh, played by Javier Bardem. Number three, Hans Gruber, Alan Rickman, Die Hard. Number two, John Doe, Kevin Spacey from Seven. And number one, Bill the Butcher from fucking Gangs in New York. You have such traumatic people. I mean, I have traumatic people here too, but I mean like well, I, all I, of yours. I, I'm glad that yours are, uh, that you took the conscientious ones because mines are very uh, are very superficial. So I'm very happy that you took the, the so good So Doctor Root has all the animated villains. We just have Not that already. All there. of them. I really thought Only we could have done a, a separate half. show for animated villains. I think we could too, but I couldn't do this. Well, we're still sh- waiting for the Disney uh, sponsor to come in for that. Of episode, course. So. Right. Because, I mean, it's just going to be a ton of Disney villains and then maybe some other. Anyway, we're not getting into that. Um, so let's go ahead and bring up my villainy list. Who does Bone King think is a good villain? Well, I actually have a shit ton, but luckily for you, I've actually narrowed it down to five. Okay. Uh, number five. So you mentioned Dennis Hopper. <laughs> What movie? What movie? Is it Blue Velvet? Frank Booth in Blue Velvet. Uh, God damn right. I'm sexy. I'm sexy. So this guy, it's it's him and David Lynch has a way of making scumbag characters. A hundred percent. That that makes my skin crawl being around them or just being in the same scene as them half the time. And it's usually because it's some feature of them pushed all the way to the edge and it's coddled and not really confronted and it's... It's just got so much stuff going on with him that I used to love Roy Orbison's In Dreams. Just kidding, I still do. That <laughs> song is gorgeous. Even even this movie couldn't tarnish that for me. But whenever I hear Candy Colored Clown, I have to think of when mm. he does that. And it's like, shit, man, that's a really sweet song. Blue Velvet is a recommended watch from the podcast. I really think you should watch it. It is. Whoever is listening out fucking, there. fucking, like, stressful movie. And, and Dennis oh, yeah. Hopper is yeah, the biggest yeah, yeah, yeah. reason for that. Um, just to sort of, uh, I want to mention him just because it's another David Lynch. He's not on the list, but whatever. Uh, Bobby Peru from Wild at Heart is also like this. Mm. Just these terrifying presences. Anyway. I, the help of cocaine really, really works there. You think so? Yeah. Come on. Dennis was coked the fuck up on that one. I, I have no idea. Him and Lynch were let loose on that. But I would believe it. Because, it's also the 80s. Holy shit. He's just got, <laughs> he's got so much energy and it's frantic and it, it puts me on edge legitimately so number five frank booth from blue velvet played by dennis hopper number four 
Um, how much of this do I... Well, people know it already. It's not much of a spoiler. Uh, I'm going to go with John Kramer, who play, who's Jigsaw from Saw, uh, played by Tobin Bell. Uh, kind of saw this coming, considering who kind you of are. What, saw, you kind of what this coming? Saw this uh, coming? Uh, that's the word of the day! Uh, um, bring that back. <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously. <laughs> Um, but, uh, what was I going to say? So fun fact about Tobin Bell. Well, it's not really fun. The actor, uh, Tobin Bell, he's actually been having to be restrained to a wheelchair, um, from having to carry the entire franchise. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) But tell me I'm wrong though. Oh no. To the point where like, even when his character wasn't around anymore, they still found ways. They trotted out that corpse just to make the movie relevant. I didn't say he died, but thank you. Um, either way, like even with that, they still managed to get new scenes with him because Tobin Bell is that fucking impressive. And when you watch the the the, the fucking behind the scenes, the the scriptwriters literally say, "You know what? Half the time for Tobin's lines, I don't even write them. He will know what to say. Like I'll write something." He's and got he- such great inflection. He has I'll- this perfect kind of speaking voice that makes you <coughs> cough. It's really tough, but. I understand, Bone King, that you like to play games. I have a little game to play for you. Hello, Dr. Gordon. I don't know. I can't do it without actual, like, effects and shit, and now I've made my throat fucking go out. (laughs) This is great. You're in the middle of your list. (laughs) I know, seriously. But legitimately, the guy basically lived um, John Kramer. He just wrote his own lines for the character, and he's essentially him. Did not even need to write him. Sorry, I'm staying too long on him, but um, gonna be honest with you, he's one of my favorite horror icons. I get. You. I mean, I can't believe he's only number four. What's number three? Yeah, number three. You didn't think it was gonna be that easy, did you? Not going with Oshi Ren, but the movie Kill Bill. With oh, Bill. of course. So we're gonna go with David Carradine's Bill. Of course, it's. So impressive Perfect. to me. Perfect. It is, first off, Kill Bill is probably one of my favorite movies of all time. I know. It's, I don't know. It's just ever since middle school, really, I've loved it. Shit. That's great. I so, just thought of Hans Landa. Oh, well, he's honorable mention. There you go. There Good. At least somebody yeah, remembers him. No, I, 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 I completely forgot to put him in my honorable mention. Deep trauma that I couldn't yeah, yeah. have him because he's fan fucking tastic. Okay, but, no. but David Carradine. But David Carradine. Um, and we're not going to mention the fact that he died with autoerotic asphyxiation. That didn't. That's not the major focus of this right now. Sorry, I got to continue the red letter. He media went joke. out the way he wanted to go out. <laughs> he went out blazing. <laughs> um, he went out the way he came. Ah! That was fantastic. Holy shit. Anyway, sorry. That really impressed me. Um, either way, I, the character itself, Bill, it is insanely impressive to me how much we learn about the depth of this character through strictly flashbacks. Not only that, but tertiary characters, not him. Right. Everybody's talking him. about how he affects them. Mm-hmm. Bill is some serious shit, but when you see him, he's very... Calm, I actually have a question for both of you now that it just comes to mind. I'm sorry to cut you off here. That's fine. Is Bill the first villain to have to not be present in the first movie at all, but to show up in the second movie? Was only? Palpatine in the first Star Wars movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, then I don't know. Same with Vader. I'm just thinking, like, I have a feeling I, I that think, happens. I think, I think Carradine Bill is, like, one of the few. Wait, wait, wait. Please let us know out there. What did you at- say? That he was not in the first movie? 
I mean, he's only there in a flashback. Like, he's in the first movie. As a flashback, but yeah. He's but he's always in a flashback, so. That's true. Right, but he's not, like, there at the current time of the first film. It's not, I mean, at the same time, he's in the background, even at the end. So, like, I, mm. you know what I'm saying? It's like, a hard it, character to pin down. This is why. Yeah, I get what you're saying, like, yes. Yes, I understand what this you're is, saying. This, it's super interesting to me, but great fucking pick. Thank you, thank great you. Great pick. This and Booth are great. I you'll fucking you'll love it. notice that a lot of like another character on here. Oh well, he's the next one actually. So number two, number two. I love this little movie to death, and no one talks about it. So here we go. I'm gonna go with John Ryder from The Hitcher, played by Rutger Howard. Nice. Fuck yes. So dude. I was gonna actually start this out going Rutger Howard, but not Blade Runner. I unfortunately because like that's another amazing role he had. But yeah. I, I love The Hitcher. This movie is fantastic. It's basically a guy on a road trip that just gets a random, like... It's a simple plot. Right. That's like a crazy road rage guy that just basically decides, I'm going to kill this car in front of me no matter what. And it's just this chase movie that keeps going. And Rutger Howard has this inhuman bloodlust where he just has this calm Not only that, but there is some great close-ups in that movie of Rutger. That's what I'm saying. He he has this. It's just like well, yeah. Bill is a lot more casual in that sense, where he's a lot more smoother. Rutger Howard kind of has the Anthony um, Bourdain face. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where right. he's just very strict, but there's no it's emotion. Just intensity in his like, eyes and his mannerisms. There's no feeling behind his face. He's just this kind of see. Dark no, void. I disagree. I think he's intense. He has this yeah. this heavy intensity with his face, and especially I, in the Hitcher. I would say in Blade Runner, at least this is my opinion. I don't know. He does have a lot more emotional conveyance in that movie, ironically, while playing his synth. Um, but like spoilers, is that? Because he's no, he's no, a rep- he's a replicant from the beginning of the yeah. movie. Anyway, um, but this in this the one, replicant. there's just the driving scenes where he's just fucking like gunning it at him, and where you think like, okay, there's no way a car's gonna get into this scene. Shocker, a car just bursts into this scene, and it just keeps going. I love this movie to death. Named one of my uh, OC characters uh, after the main characters of both. Uh, the- Honestly, yeah. I think Hitcher would be a great, perfect midnight movie type of thing mm. like if you ever want to watch a horror movie at midnight it's one of those so i didn't see the remake i liked there's it a but there's I, a hitcher remake oh, and I sean bean plays the hitcher oh i, I liked know. it look i, I liked it. it granted not great interesting but i liked it either way please talk more about hitcher it's such a great movie <laughs> uh but before you get to your number one, do you have honorable mentions? I do, and I'm scared to mention a few of them in case we do a redux. So here we go. I'm just going to gun them off, and you guys We'll do react. a redux in like two years. That's fine. Uh, so i uh, just going to bring this. Oh, is this going to be bad for you? I'm scared. I'm going to. I'm also scared, but go ahead. Just don't say anything. Dr. Evil from Austin Powers. Uh, oh, that's great. Caster Troy from Face Off. Oh, Fuck yes. Both Nicolas Cage and John Travolta's version of him. I would like to take his face off. They both play the because they were trying to outdo each other. Fantastic. Um, I'm not going to stay on it. Uh, the Thing, Pazuzu, Michael Myers, but I, we spent all Halloween doing yes. him. I gave it to Jigsaw. Uh, Bobby Peru, I already said that. Uh, we already did Colonel Lando. And Swan from Phantom of the Paradise. Oh. Fantastic movie. Okay. Um, We're safe. So, uh, shall I tell you my uh, number one? Yes. Number one. My number one. And this is going to be a little bit unexpected. but Yeah, I can't believe it's not Bill, but all right. My number one is an animated villain from a Disney film. Ooh. Oh, shit. 
I'm going with Frollo from Hunchback oh, of Notre Dame. That's good. That's so fucking good. That's almost a deep cut. This because it's not talked about that much. It's just insane to me. And I, I, you're gonna like. I'm gonna try and not get watery eyed because I love this movie. Um, it's insane to me that Disney just had the balls to literally go there and say yes. This is a commentary on church. This is a commentary on purity, piousness, and how beauty is more than skin deep, but so is faith. And it's it blows my mind, man. What makes Frollo scary is that that's a real person. Yes. Like, not necessarily that that's a historical no, figure, but, but that person existed. There's no magic power keeping him. Like, it's such a grounded villain to where, yeah. yes, no, he wants to bang Esmeralda. No, it's very clearly stated. Like, his piousness is that this Hellfire. thing... fire. Okay, it is... Sorry, you brought it, so I have to. <laughs> it, it is such an amazing thing to me that that so song... Good. No, but not only, that song is half... Of a song. Yeah. Because the first part is Heaven's Light. Yes. Heaven's Light, Hellfire. Yeah. Two different ways that the, the characters uh, go about their affection. Mm -hmm. Unwilling to control or just wanting to be with. Ah! I could talk for fucking hours about this movie. But I love how... Stand by for our uh, <laughs> Hunchback of Notre Dame special. I'll fucking do it. Don't fucking test me. Um, Two but... fucking specials being mentioned. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> man. I, I have really deep love for this movie. I, no, I no. I, but... I, I, I will admit really quick, I found my love for this Holy movie shit, later in life. Thing. Yeah, I know. Just I found my love for this movie later in life. Interesting. Though. When I was a kid at first, I got very hung up on like the main character not getting the girl. It wasn't until I was a little more mature that yeah. I'm like, that's stupid. <laughs> yeah, I, it's we. I, I totally get where you're coming from. And most I feel like most kids did feel that way when yeah. they saw it. But I don't know why. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff resonating with Quasimodo. And I was like, you know what? This well, is maybe fine. Maybe because you were never super concerned about getting the girl. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, but then again, I, I don't know. Either way, also the gargoyles are possibly the least favorable part of that movie. Like the they're comedic relief, but they're probably still pretty bad. They do oh, not age like super well. But hold on. One last thing about Frollo, and, I, and I'll yes. move on. But it's so interesting to me that how he rationalizes Claude his world. Frodo. Yes. Like, yeah, Judge Claude Frodo. That's his, uh, Frollo. That's his real name. Yeah. Or full name. Um, <laughs> Frodo. Yeah, Frodo. I do it all the time. Frodo, Frollo. So he sees Esmeralda as something, like, dirty, as something that's yeah. unclean to his piousness. Uh, like, you know, of my faith, I am justly proud. You know what I right. mean? Yeah. And he sees that as such an affront, but he's attracted to her. Yeah. So there's something in him that's like, I want to give her love, but it's evil. Therefore, it is Satan. Mm -hmm. And he decides, I have to kill her or she has to submit to me and not right. be her. This isn't a Disney movie. Yeah. Like... And they went full force with the whole gothic theme with the, the, the cathedral and the music's got the whole... I love this movie to death, and Frollo is a very big part no, of it. No, and, and the animated sequence for Hellfire is, it's a masterclass in lighting, in scene setting. It's its beautiful. This is a great fucking pick, George. So, thank you so much, because I, I genuinely love this movie oh. so fucking much. If I say God help the outcast, I will start crying. So we can't, we will have <laughs> Before to Before you on. start crying, can you give me your list one more yes, time? Yes, I can. Uh, fuck, it's such a good movie. Uh, anyway, 
So, uh, number five, Frank Booth from Blue Velvet, played by Dennis Hopper. Jigsaw, or John Kramer, uh, in Saw, played by Tobin Bell. Bill from Kill Bill, uh, played by David Carradine Bill. I mean, sorry, David Carradine. Uh, (laughs) Number two, John Ryder from The Hitcher, played by Rutger Howard. And, uh... Did I? T- yeah, I did my honorable mentions. Number one, Frollo, Hunchback of Notre Dame, played by Jeremy Irons. Fucking scar singing voice. So, <laughs> I start, I'm going to start with my list. Sure. At number five, I have Jeremy Irons <laughs> as Scar. Yeah! <laughs> Bro, the guy, when you have a market, you do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean. I, but see, I like Scar for a very different reason than Frollo. There's a lot of good reasons for Scar. Scar is he's also a real person but what he is is he's a politician <laughs> he's a world leader shakespearean he's he's that 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 evil that 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 lures in the flies with honey like he's got that I mean, he's got a whole mindless army. I mean, there's literally, like, hyenas goose-stepping while he's singing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there's some illusions that are on display. Yeah, no, that's a thing. And, again, the amount of, like, smarm that Jeremy Irons puts into, well, I'll be a monkey's uncle. Like, Like, the amount of... Slimy? I don't... Yeah, but it's not just... Oh, he's definitely slimy. But he overacts the fuck out of Scar. Let's compare that to Frollo, where he doesn't do that. Yeah. So, like, there's obviously a character shift for him there. So, I I do appreciate that. Well, what I think it is, is that he plays Frollo... Like, he, he, he acts the fuck out of Frollo... But he does play Frollo very uptight. He As he, the he tenses yes. when he plays Frollo. Meanwhile, when he's Scar, it's very flowy. It's very mm-hmm. it's God, very they, God, they got lucky that he could sing too. Uh yes. And all like shit. <laughs> but unfortunately, his voice gives out three fourths of the way through the song. Which one? Because not Hellfire. Not Hellfire. No, in uh in Oh and Be Prepared. Be prepared. The last uh the last quarter of that song. Starting from so uh so prepare for the something of, of a century. The coup of the century. Some, that at yeah. that at that line, that's Sha Jim Cummings. La la. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. I knew that someone stepped in to do the other that's part of Jim that. Cummings. Okay, Even, cool. It's been a really w- weird debate on the internet of how much of the song was sung by Jim versus Jeremy. Uh, and people have like analyzed waveforms and all kinds of things. And Jim Cummings says he recorded the whole song. Well, yeah, they just spliced the ending bit. Probably, but it, no, it. it is. It's confirmed that it's Jeremy Irons for that first three quarters, and then from that line forward, it's Jim Cummings. But, well, but Scar is a great character. Speaking of Cummings, who's coming in at four? Uh, oh, uh, <clears throat> so someone already dropped him in their honorable mentions. But uh, I, 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 it's it's such an important part of sci-fi for me, and it's Agent Smith. Oh, yeah. I knew this was coming on Dr. Anderson. Like, it's... The delivery of Hugo Weaving from the first movie to the third for this character is chef's kiss. Absolutely. It's... Go ahead, Adrian. The word purpose... Yes. ...has never been uttered in such a better way. (laughs) Yes. It is purpose that binds us. Yes. Purpose that guides us. I was like... What is this? He yeah. does this thing with his teeth, and it's so... It's, yeah, what is he's, that? He's got this sort of snarl. Yeah. I, I love it. Even though, even though he's hates, in a suit, you know? He hates who's in front of him. Yes. Yeah. It's so... It's so oh, fuck. 
Great pick. And yeah, as, pick. Uh, as the Matrix 4 showed us, Hugo Weaving is going to dodge bullets in real life. Ah, joke number uh, two. <laughs> but yeah, like just really, it's, it's, and, he, and it's a different type of charisma than Jeremy Irons. Because Jeremy Irons' scar has that, you know, flowing. i follow him. I would, yeah. lead, I would like, oh, I'd chill with this guy. But I, I Agent would... Smith's charisma is this, like, this intensity that it, it, imposing it, it presence. Sizzles. I, yeah, I wouldn't imposes. say he's slimy so much more as he's condescending. Oh yes, <laughs> like that is. Bro, I am speaking bro, down to the, you. The virus uh, we are monologue. Not the same. Yeah, the virus monologue that he does to Morpheus. Yes. See, everyone seems to label oh, you as mammalians, when in reality you are a virus. Just yeah, great Hugo. Fuck, you're amazing, bro. World. You're fucking no, amazing. He is. Uh, he's he's incredible. His his voice, his tonality, the gravel, all of it, and just that, it, it's exactly what you said. What those close ups on him, mm. where he's pursing his lips, and you can see he's full of hate and fucking piss and vinegar. It, it did help it. that he had sunglasses in the first movie a lot. Sure, that did help. Sure, that callous sort of. Yeah, yeah, okay. But see, even that worked to his benefit because in the first one, he's this, like, robot, basically. Yeah. And then the hate grows in him. It seeps through He takes through off it. the glasses and yeah. you can almost see his eyes turn red. Like, it's fucking phenomenal. Hugo Weaving in a 90s Resident Evil movie to play Wesker. Ooh, fun. Perfect. I think they're going to oh, Sorry, go ahead. I want to mention now, by the way, that I specifically left out horror characters and comic book characters from my list. Same. And Radigan from The Great Mouse Detective. That's on my honorable mentions. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought both of us forgot it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Go ahead. All right, because I did. Um, but uh, but anyway, uh, fuck, damn it, you you derailed me because Vincent Price is amazing too. Yes, he is. <laughs> uh, but uh, for number three, I'm coming in with one of our favorite actors. Oh, but it's one of my favorite villains. Oh, uh, he's the man who uh, killed Eddie's brother. It's Judge Doom in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yes, my dude. I thought he was going to bring him up earlier. No, I, I, Roger Rabbit's my yes. thing. Yeah, that okay. is my baby. And Terrifying. oh boy. Terrifying. As a child, remember me, Eddie, when like, I killed your brother? Like that bit scared the shit out of me as now a listen, kid. Now listen, now uh, listen. James and I are huge fans of Back to the Future. Yes. We love Doc Brown. Yes. But to see that shift of that nice old man character as Doc Brown to go to this yeah. villainous, kind of just disgusting, and he hates everything. Everything, including tunes and humans. Oh, yeah. Fucking no. the dip scene. I was about to say, the you guys didn't feel is... joy when he slowly melted a cartoon? Like... The dip scene is one of the most traumatic things I've ever watched as a kid. The way that little shoe screams... And oh my god. Well, that's the problem. <laughs> Who's the artist behind Roger Rabbit? Do you it's know? a lot of artists. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. I thought there was like m one. No, main they brought in everybody from yeah, it's everyone. Warner I was just Brothers say, and Disney. To quote uh, Stansfield, everyone. Yeah. I'm just saying because it goes to show how talented they were in emotions and how smooth it was because we yes. felt every ounce of pain. Oh. With Not this only fucking that, immediately show. following up that, you have this great tension building scene with. Uh, uh, shave and a haircut. Shave and a haircut. I was, well, I was just about to bring that up. Is yeah. because like he gets you a guy who gets you a villain who can do both. Because there's that intensity of remember me, Eddie, and then there's also the 
shave and a haircut. Two bits. Okay. Like that, that comparison of that is so good. And he really does. Christopher like, Lloyd. He bro. plays like the Judge Doom part so well. He's got that like, just in like. It's astounding. And then he plays the yellow, the yellow man or the yellow tune. What? I was gonna say yellow man is it's from, the yellow tune. Yeah, yeah but I, yellow man's from my movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the yellow tune, and that is just a whole new level of just psycho. Oh, and then spoilers: his death scene is <laughs> the voice. He has fun like, with that. Imagine oh, yeah. someone listening to this podcast who hasn't seen who framed yeah. Roger, who hasn't seen who frames Roger Rabbit, and it's just like these just sound like high pitched noises. I know, but th- I promise you, they're terrifying in the movie. They really like, are. <laughs> uh, and I'm honestly surprised my number two wasn't on your list. Uh. But my number two is a masterclass in silent villains. Jerry. He has a line or two. Jerry. (laughs) No. He is the villain of that show. But no. (laughs) This isn't shows. That's true. It's the T-1000 from Terminator 2. Uh, But doesn't he talk? Like twice. He He barely says anything. I mean, but Arnold's what delivery he does do, he's got what two he d- lines, I think. Uh, yeah. Have you seen this boy? Yeah. Can I keep this picture? Yeah. Your it's, clothes? It, give me them. He doesn't. No, say he doesn't that. say that. That's Arnold. That's Arnold. Wait, he makes. He kills. He who are kills we talking the about? T one thousand. The oh, liquid metal. That's the okay. That's, that's the second movie. one. I I didn't know. I thought you were still talking that's about Terminator fair. One. I'm like, he did talk. Yeah. No, Arnold. Okay. Yes. He called to him. Called to John. Is what Arnold is. Yeah. So, let's talk a little about T2. Let's do that. Listen up, Cody. You might learn something. No oh, <laughs> so, Called out. Fucking in T2, right? Yes. You have to follow up an amazing sci-fi film in Terminator 1. Yes. And you see Arnold, who's literally Mr. Universe. Yes. How do you follow that up? Do you go even bigger? Fucking Lou Ferrigno. Do you... Where do you go? You go lanky. You, you go get slim. A, a slim athlete. Uh, he's an athletic man, Robert Patrick. And you want to talk about athletic. Mm-hmm. This is the movie where they had to speed up the motorcycle because he kept catching up to it on foot. Okay. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. terrifying. Typically with scenes like that, you don't film it at full no, speed. Right. But they had to speed up the motorcycle because he kept catching up. Yeah, man. Not only that, um, it's that great scene has so much tension. The soundtrack evokes so much pressure on John Connor. Yes. It's, but his face. Yes. Especially in that third act with the lava factory, uh-huh. whatever, the smelting factory. Yes. That turn, that. The, the Kubrick glare. Yeah, dude. <laughs> That's basically the Kubrick glare. Yeah. Wow, we don't have any Kubricks. Huh? I have the, it in, in my honorable mention, but... At least that, please. I mean, didn't I mention Jack Torrance? You the... didn't. No, no, in no, the honorable mentions, not. I did. You no, didn't. you didn't. <laughs> oh, well, he was an honorable mention. <laughs> Along with Radigan, yeah, I guess I... Like, yeah. again, my list is Bro, full of imposing great, figures. Great fucking... But it's not imposing in the physical no, sense. No. It's, it's imposing in the aura, in what they represent. It's the unstoppable quality of this character. Yeah. Like, that... Like, dude, well, to, to, to highlight it perfectly, the prison scene. 
where you first see him step through those bars, which Robert Patrick did in camera, by the way. <laughs> I was like, dude, what? No. Uh, yeah, the special effects took a day off that day. Yeah. If I will say, though, but you're right, I was saying it's not only the unstoppable, but the unpredictability. Yes. Like, he can do that? Exactly. Oh, shit. Like, that, when you're watching that, like, that's terrifying. Like, getting chased by something that you literally can't stop? That's a horror movie monster. Well, he could have easily been a horror movie monster. He mm -hmm. had all the same qualities that you get he's, from Michael and Jason and all of that. Well, he's a combination it's, of It Follows and Terminator. Kind of. So it's like, fuck. <laughs> you know what's what's amazing to me is not, not only did, obviously, Terminator continue. Yes. But James Cameron yes. subverted everyone's expectations on the follow-up to Terminator 2 By when casting Patrick. Oh. Because even even oh. the fucking um, production company did not want Patrick. They right. wanted a name. They don't want him. He wasn't anybody. Yeah. And after that, every Terminator movie has tried to do the T-1000. Yep. They don't try to do the T-800. No. Well, once. But. Sure. Yeah. But Salvation? Yeah. <laughs> but even then. Yeah. But still, it's always the T-1000. Yep. And that just shows the staying power of that character. Great to pick. His James, credit, great fucking pick. To his credit, what was the recent Terminator movie? A Dark Fate. Yeah. Uh, I forget the actor's name there. Uh, Diego something. Diego Luna. Yeah. He does a pretty good job at getting close to that intensity. But right. he's still no Robert Patrick. Robert Patrick really does bring it just... Oh. <clears throat> it's, and, it's, yeah. and again, for the most of the movie, he's a silent character. Yeah. And still terrifying as fuck. And just... He could... He's talking in the scenes when he's not saying a word. Yep. Uh-huh. 100%. So, some honorable mentions. I'm going to go ahead and mention some honorable mentions that you guys haven't yet because, you know, you've already brought them up. Hey. Uh, Howl 9000 is an yep. honorable mention. Yep. Knew that was coming. Yeah. Fantastic. There's uh, the Kubrick. Raul Silva <laughs> in uh, Skyfall. Javier oh. Bardem. Oh. We okay, got yeah, two yeah, Bardems yeah. in yeah. this show. Again, uh, a fucking villain VIP. Well, Roy Batty. Uh, fucking from Blade Runner, Rutger Howard. Uh, Rutger Howard. What fucking is fantastic. No, but that I honestly, that's out of everyone's list here. That's probably the most sympathetic villain. Rutger, uh, you mean uh, uh, Roy? Well, Roy right. In yeah. that movie, yes. 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 Where else is he in? Well, I mean, no, he's he played mean, other roles. I'm no, but right. he specifically means this character. character. Yeah, okay, yeah, yes. yeah. Roy, yes. Roy Blatty uh, is definitely a sympathetic uh, villain. Hans Landa. I know we. Yeah. Uh, that's a bingo. Saruman. Oh, wow. Yeah, get some... Wow, Wait. not Sauron. Yeah. Or no, Gollum. No, no, no. I get not Gollum's Sauron. Gollum's not really picked. much of a villain to me. No, you picked correctly. The the wizard. Yeah. Yeah, you picked Christopher Lee. Christopher, Christopher Lee, yeah. He's the... Yes, because the other yes. one's just kind of like an entity that exactly. kind of sticks around. It's not really the same. But it's just imposing presence again. Yeah, right? but, but, but... Sauron does have some great lines. Yeah, dude. He's got, Fucking yeah. Christopher Lee, bro. My God, I did not have one Christopher um, Lee in my list. Another Fuck villain me. VIP. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like. Absolutely. Uh, I have a bit of a deep cut, but uh, it's another virus-based villain. It's Sid 6.7. Osmosis Jones? Russell Crowe. Virtuosity. Virtuosity. Sorry. I have that, too. Actually. Holy okay, yeah. shit. I, I own that movie on Blu-ray. That is a fucking movie it's, my man. A, it's an underrated movie and in my opinion it's russell crowe's breast a breast it's his breast <laughs> i gotta watch That's it right a now tall order buddy <laughs> over gladiator 
over Gladiator. That's a tall order. Uh, I we could talk about Gladiator. I would like to talk about Gladiator. I think too. it's very. Um, <laughs> oh no! Also, we overhyped. We have to talk about Sid and his great line. Nah, uh, uh. Thought uh-huh. of that one too. Fucking great line. Sorry, uh, Crow. Mm. He yeah. should play more villains. Fuck. I agree. Um, as you mentioned, uh, uh, our our Morpheus Lawrence Fishburne playing Thrax. Oh yeah, and yeah. uh, and Osmosis Jones. You said you love that movie, so I was like, oh, I'm yeah. waiting for that. No, yeah, Thrax is fucking fantastic. Another great animated villain, our Tim Curry is as Hexus in Ferngully. <sighs> okay. Uh, okay. No. Wait. No. But like, I I disagree on that being a good villain. But Tim Curry cannot do wrong. Wait. So why like, was it not? Oh, oh, motherfucker. Ferngully is kind of more of a uh, guilty pleasure for me. Oh, fuck you. We'll talk about well, this all later. All right. Fuck me for tune, my opinion. Turn, tune in to the case of... But Tim Curry still slays it. He never not slays it. So, like, what do I do? I have you, to be the judge on that one because I've like, never seen Fergo. It's really difficult to make, like, a slimy black monster sexy, and he somehow manages to do so. It's just That's just Tim Curry. Uh, I know. That's what I'm saying. By the way, on the topic of Judge Doom really quick, you know he was originally cast as Judge Doom. I did not. Or, that was the original plan, and his Judge Doom was too scary. Think <laughs> about the Judge Doom we got in fucking Who Framed, and That's his wild. was too scary. Huh. Uh Imhotep from the Mummy movies. Oh, that's a fun one. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and Kane from um, uh, RoboCop 2. The drug uh, yeah. robot. Wow. That's, no, I, I would argue drugs. that's more of a deep cut. Really? You think that's more of a deep cut than Virtuosity? It's just one of Kane, the highest play- rated oh, a, a sci-fi action movies of the 80s. Who played Kane? Nobody really remembers the actor, oh, but fair. Russell Crowe. Also, uh, Shredder in the Terminator movies. So that was or in the TMNT movies. one of the most rated movies in the 80s. What's your most rated villain on ah, your list? I can uh, do it too. There you <laughs> go. I can do it too. Uh, uh, uh. So Thought of that one too. It, I've, I've talked about him before. It's a movie. Um, excuse me. Uh, it's a movie I've talked about quite a bit. But my number one is Benedict from Last Action Hero. That's the one I knew you were going to have. It's, That's the one I knew you were going to have. It, again, you, you want to talk about oozing charisma and villainy and acting the fuck out of what could have been a shitty schlocky in. yeah a schlocky fucking film he elevated that script oh yeah elevated it i just shot a man and i did it on purpose uh-huh <laughs> i love this place uh <laughs> and just it's it, he, he really did he really does elevate the fuck out of that movie it's a Charles dance is just, oh man. Okay. I, I need to back up here. Why he's my number one. Again, this is a movie that I've had a lot of love for since I was a kid. It's a movie that got for the it's most part. It's in your part, top five movies of all time. Yes. That for the most part went underappreciated by audiences, went underappreciated by critics. It was way it, ahead of its time. It was way ahead of its time it, and it wasn't marketed correctly, but watching it also it as came a kid, out against Jurassic Park. That's true too. Um, but watching it as a kid, this was the first time I saw, like, I always thought there was either, like, fun villains, like Disney villains, 
or there were like super serious movies that had super serious villains. <laughs> this was and the Frollo first... does both. Yes, <laughs> but this was the first time I saw what is otherwise a silly, fantastical movie, and yet someone bringing a hundred and ten percent to this role, elevating the movie beyond just a parody homage to a great think piece on villainy in movies and the way he approaches it. And also, you want to talk about... I mean, this movie literally breaks through a fourth wall. And once he realizes that, like, he he has this wonderful moment of imagination of, I can bring all of these movie characters, all of these movie villains into real life and have them wreak havoc. Like, his joy at that is it's palpable, it's intense... And it's, it's, you, I almost root for him. It's true villainy, yeah. really. And also, you want to talk about a great villain gimmick? That fucking prosthetic eye? Oh, the way it's used in this movie is, it, it, it has emotion, it has impact. You also understand his obsession with his eye, his missing eye, because he has like display cases for it. And then there's also the bomb. Oh, okay. When he's like, oh, he lost one of his eyes. And then the cop no, twists it. No, don't twist it. Like, that's so good. Ah, Charles Dance, you're a fucking legend. And this movie. Yeah, you and I actively quote that oh, yes. film all 100%. the time. But more often than not, we quote Dance's lines because he delivers it with such inflection, such, yes. such weight. Yes. This dude. He plays this character like it's Shakespeare, and that's amazing to me. Yeah. I, I love that dedication. Arnie knew what he was going to do, yeah. but Charles was like, he understood the assignment. Yes. Better than the assignment giver. Uh-huh. Uh, can you give me your list one more time? Yeah. Because uh, I, love, I love both your lists, by the way. I love your list too, buddy. I love you guys' list also. Uh, Coming in at number five, we have everyone's favorite uh, brother-killing lion. It's Scar. Uh, Number four is Agent Smith. Number three is Judge Doom. Number two is the T-1000. And number one is Benedict from Last Action Hero. Honestly, there's one more thing I got to ask. Yeah. I'm super surprised none of us had the shark from Jaws as a villain. It's not a villain. It's not a villain. I don't have villain. any animals. It's an antagonist. No, the mayor is the villain. That's true. Of that, that movie. I mean, that, I don't that's have a good any argument. Anim- that's why I don't have Rexy on my <laughs> list. Well, I don't. Rexy, I see her as a hero. Animals can't be villains. I don't know, man. I know how much you love Look, man, Jaws 4. (laughs) (laughs) What do you say? I know he knows how much I love Cujo. (laughs) Again, animals can be antagonists. Deep Blue Sea, all of this shit. But they're not villains. To be a villain, it implies intent. It implies like yeah, but Jaws four I, give us I'm that. Gonna, Shut I'm gonna, the fuck I'm up. I'm gonna Adrian. give you. I'm gonna give you a hot take, and this is where we're gonna disagree a little uh-huh. bit. I think it limits the roles animals can play. Like what? Like it, an animal, you can have a trained dog, right? Uh-huh. And if you have a role written for it to be a, a villain or like an antagonist in that regard, like you could work that in, and the dog is still treated fine and treated humanely. God, I hope so. You know what I mean? Like, so it's sure. a, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. No, you're saying. I, what I'm saying, no, I'm not saying it is. Like, I love Deep Blue Sea. It's one of my favorite. I love Jaws. I'm just saying that they can't be villains. 
they can't they're antagonists because okay. in order to be a villain you have to have evil intent and animals can't have evil intent hmm at least I don't believe they can. Tune in for that question. <laughs> yeah, that, that's an interesting question there, actually. Um, but uh, I have a feeling we had some pretty fucking knockout lists right here, but there's a ton of people that we've missed. Oh, yeah. Uh, a ton of people that I couldn't mention because of spoilers. Yeah, old boy was going to be here, but I literally can't say anything. <laughs> you so cannot. I cannot say a little anything Nothing. about I've it. I've been spoiling this whole episode, but I but, know you can't do that. But no. that was one I was thinking about. But we do want to hear what your favorite villain are freaks so please hit us up on our twitter or the facebook group both are f-a-n-f-r-double-e-k-s you can find me on twitter at doctor that's dr rude md and you can find me on twitter at bone king tv as well as on twitch you know and you can find our friend the dude at agent doodliness on twitter and bonus points if you pick dr rude as your favorite villain you get to be on the show <laughs> uh, all right, I'm just saying. I, I, mean, I, I wasn't going to mention how disappointed I was that I'm not on either of your lists. But. You're not even on your own list. I'm a villain. <laughs> I'm not an egotist. What is? Come on, you got to have a little self love there. I do it all the time. Sometimes, uh, three times a day. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> speaking of, let's do our shout outs. Uh, as usual, our hunt boys. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Justin, you're a good guy. I'm done picking on you, I promise. Uh, Justin, Jeff, Scott, thank you guys so much. My sister Cheyenne, they're incredible. All the freaks that listen in every week, you guys are awesome. Thank you for being here with us from the beginning. Uh, Ten years into the fucking existence of this group, it's fucking wild. The Fan Freak Scoop's birthday is May something or yeah. June. Um, and... Uh, and also, uh, all of my D&D people are still listening. Crows of the Damned, you're a good dude. Yes, I want to give extra special thanks to and Crows of the Damned. thank you guys so much. You guys are awesome. Uh, for me, Lindsay Misleading, or Residence of Tana Zatara, Jesus Valentine, Nicholas Uretic. <laughs> oh, what do you do wait, now? So wait, you, you're going to stop picking on the first guy, but no, he no, no, has no, to Jesus it. Jesus deserves it. Jesus needs it? Yes, 100%. You don't know what he posts. Y'all need Jesus. Okay? No, we no, do not. No, his <laughs> name is Jesus. <laughs> Get it right. Uh, Robot Stone Age Crew, Cody, CJ, Kehlani, um, Paul Fusek, Oscar Ortiz. Alrighty, so here come my uh, boners, I guess, as you guys are calling That's them. That's right. Uh, we got Von Condersmite, Beefy Sumo, love you, Beefy. Uh, Squinty, Screechy, uh, Screechy the Kai, I'm sorry. <laughs> Screechy Kai, Julian the Czar, Megan Peepo, uh, Lindsay Misleading, Izumi Chenmaru, CJ the DJ, Boogle, Burnsy, and of course, Crows of the Damned. Mm -hmm. And I want to give that extra special thanks to Crows of the Damned because, you, again, I want to always give extra props to people who are super supportive of the Twitter and actually responding to us. Yeah. Seriously, it means like a billion a yeah, lot. he's awesome. Thank you so much, dude. Um, anyway, I think that's all I've got. So, um... That is it. So you told me, like, I wasn't supposed to use these knots. No, because they can slip out of that and then you lose your damsel in distress and the hero never gets but there. But I stapled you... her to it, though. Do I still need the knots? So the problem with staples is that if you if you use staples and oh. she bleeds out is before... Is that a train? Well, I'll be there. Oh, man, can you not? Oh.